If you want to relive the feels on Grey's Anatomy, Hulu is here for you. What are you waiting for? Let's go. Every episode of Grey's Anatomy is now streaming on Hulu. Seriously. Every. I'm your person. Every. Now we dance it out. Every. McDreamy. Every. McSteamy. Every. Grey's Ever. Now streaming on Hulu. And new episodes Friday. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Hi, it's Teddy Mellencamp. And Tamara Judge. Healthy kombucha comes in many flavors like pink lady apple, passion fruit tangerine, and ginger lemon. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst quenching and great for gut health. It's organic, non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This is Teddy Teapot with Teddy Mellencamp. Hey guys, it's Teddy here with Teddy Teapot. This week I decided to talk about all things plastic surgery. I'm going to have Whitney Buha, Jana Kramer, and Dr. Kelly Colleen all on to share their different experiences. I realized last week when I posted something about Botox, people had a real visceral reaction. Either people were so grateful that I was opening up about things that I have done or that I do, or people were thinking it was terrible and the worst thing ever that I would promote that on my social media because people should love themselves as they are. And truly my feeling is it's much more challenging to watch somebody that may, you know, have a platform in any aspect pretending like they have never done anything so that the people that, you know, watch their stories or get to know them start to believe that, you know, it's all natural all the time. And I I think that, you know, you, Each person has a choice what they want to share. But in regards to me, I have to be authentic. And, you know, I figured we should do a podcast, the good, the bad and the ugly of all of these, you know, decisions that we end up making. And, you know, I think Shannon Doherty posted something last week, you know, talking about how hard it was to, um, you know, look at people on social media and compare herself to people that have had facelifts or get Botox and, you know, how it's just not an even playing field. So, I mean, it really, you know, opened my eyes to so many discussions we can have. So I'm really excited to answer all of your listener questions today and really dig into this. So in a second, we'll be bringing on Whitney Buha. 
And I'm sure sometimes if you're aimlessly <laughs> scrolling reels, you know who Whitney Buha is um, because she makes these hilarious videos because she got Botox and it gave her a droopy eyelid. And she's decided to, you know, kind of make you laugh while she's talking about it, but also educate us on some of the dangers that Botox can lead to. Hi. Hi. Thanks for joining us this week. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Well, we appreciate you sharing. And um, just to kind of get us started, do you mind just telling everyone what actually happened? Yeah, of course. Like your story. Sure. So I guess I'll start from the beginning. Um, I've been getting Botox for about three years and typically always went in every like five to six months. So I'd say twice a year and kind of focus on my forehead, like my 11 lines and then just the lines on my forehead. Um, So I went in for my normal um, appointment and asked for those same things. And then after about like two or three days, I noticed that my left eyebrow was a lot lower than my right one. So I texted my injector and she told me to come back just a couple of days later. And she told me she would add four units just below my eyebrow um, on my left eye. And I honestly didn't know, you know, where you're supposed to inject versus where you're not supposed to inject. So I went back in, she added the units. And then about five days after that is when I started to see that my left eye was drooping like crazy. Um, it basically just was closing more and more. So it took about five days to kick in. And then from there for the next like a week and a half, it got progressively worse. Um, so it just started closing and I don't know if you saw pictures, but just the difference in my eyes was crazy. And then my right eye started overcompensating, um, trying to open bigger because the left eye was so far closed. So I had this huge right eye and then this really tiny left eye, um, And then from there, I mean, I texted my injector again. I spoke with the plastic surgeon who's the head of the med spa and he referred me to someone else who kind of specializes in these types of things if something goes wrong. And I met with her about um, two weeks later and they told me what she told me, this expert I'd call her, is that um, an injector should never touch you until at least two weeks after your initial injections because the Botox can take two weeks to settle. Okay. So I went... Yeah. Just like a week later. So the Botox hadn't fully settled at that point and I had more added, which could have caused, could have maybe added to the problem. Um, but when I met with this, um, other injector, she suggested adding two units of Botox to my lash line. So like one at the front and one at the back, which freaked me out, but she said it was probably the biggest thing that would help me. So I decided to go ahead and do it. And then about two weeks after that, I think it had started to settle in and my left eye started opening back up. Oh, wow. And while you were struggling with keeping your eye open, were you struggling with vision at all? You know, my vision was fine. It was more just the feeling like it felt super heavy throughout the day. (laughs) There'd be times I would be sitting at my computer and just kind of hold my (laughs) lid up like this (laughs) because I'd be working all day. And then it just felt very tired and very heavy. And not that it affected my vision. It just had this strange feeling of like a strain or that it was, I just needed to blink a lot or close my eyes for a little while. Yeah. And then were you warned about this ever happening when getting Botox? I know I've been told when I, when I get Botox, it's like, oh, if we put too much here, you know, it can lift your eyebrows too much and you look surprised. Or if you put too much here, your brows will start to, you know, go down. But nobody's really ever talked to me and said that 
what happened to you could actually happen to any of us. Yeah, same. I had known similar things to what you said, or, you know, the, the, frozen look, I'd call it, where they inject too much in your face, doesn't move. Obviously, no one wants that. But those were really the only risks or side effects that I knew. I didn't realize that this eyelid drooping could happen. Um, and I feel like I connected with so many women after this that also had no idea that this could be a side effect. And how long until you were fully recovered? So it's been um, a little bit over three months now. And in my opinion, I'm still not a hundred percent. And it's probably hard for you to see looking at me or, you know, I'd say that if anything, this eyebrow is still a little bit lower than the right eyebrow. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I take a picture, it's funny because in video, you can't really tell or face to face. You can't really tell, but if you take a photo, you can see it a lot more. Um, and there's still a little bit of unevenness in my eyes and it's definitely way better than it was, but to me, it's still not a hundred percent. And what did it do like to your, um, your like mental state, like that first time you looked in the mirror and you started noticing that that was happening and, and how did you kind of reconcile it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the initial, when I first saw it, I was just really freaked out. I had no idea what was going on. And immediately I thought that this would be permanent damage because um, I'd never seen my face look like this before. So it was just really shocking. Um, And I think the good thing was that I'm working from home, you know, we're still at that point, we were still kind of in lockdown and quarantine. So I wasn't going many places, but when I did have to go somewhere, it was super uncomfortable. I was very, very self-conscious. I wanted to keep my sunglasses on. I was parting my hair and like swooping my, my hair, like all the way in front of my left eye. So you couldn't even see it. So it was it was really hard. You know, you just don't feel very confident. You don't feel like you look like yourself and going out in public was very uncomfortable. So then how did you make like, which I think your videos are great. Like I, (laughs) like they make me laugh. They're educational. It's all the things. So how did you get to the point where you were able to do that? Yeah. I mean, it, I don't even know for sure. I think what started it was that um, I believe it was a Sunday night when it started to get really bad. And I had posted a video with my hair covering my eye. And I mentioned in the video that I had gotten bad Botox and that's why I was covering my eye like that. And I received so many responses from followers and from people asking, what do you mean you got bad Botox? I didn't know you could get bad Botox. What does that mean? Just so many questions and so much interest. So I sat with it for a few hours and thought about it and decided that I also didn't know how long I was going to look like that. So I couldn't hide my face forever, but basically decided that I might as well share this with everyone who has questions and has no idea that this could happen because I didn't know this could happen prior either. Um, So I remember sitting down in my kitchen and just propping my phone up and had my hair still covering my (laughs) face, started the video and was like, okay, here we go. I'm going to show you it moved it over. And just started talking about what had happened. And from there, there was just such a huge response from people. I mean, obviously there are the people who are the trolls and are going to hate on you for getting Botox in the first place, but the large majority was people who were very supportive and just had questions and wanted to understand more about how this can happen and how they can prevent it for themselves in the future. And then have you gotten Botox since, and would you ever do it again? I have not gotten it since, um, but I can't say I'll never do it again. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, when I've had it in the past and it's good, it's great. You know, it makes your skin look better. It makes you feel better. And 
this obviously was a very unfortunate situation, but I can't say that I'd swear it off forever. And the person who did it this time, was she the person that had done it prior as well? Yes. I'd been going to her for over a year. And did she ever cop to like making a mistake? Was there something that she hit? Did she do it in the wrong location? Like what is kind of the signs if you're getting Botox to maybe go, this is a red flag? Yeah. So she, I didn't hear much from her after. Um, but the other woman that I met with, who was more like the expert on fixing these types of things really told me a lot of useful information and what she said. And obviously she didn't do the initial injection. So she doesn't know hundred percent, but she received my chart from the med spa, looked at all the markings where she injected. And from her analysis of that, she said that, Basically, there's two muscles right below your eyebrow. And if you hit one, that's going to cause your eyelid to droop. And they're right next to each other. So actually injecting under your eyebrow is very dangerous. And most injectors don't go below the brow. They stay above the brow. So she said she would never inject below the brow. She would stay away from that area because these muscles are so close together that if you hit that one that's the wrong one, your eyelid will droop. So what she believes is that it was injected into the wrong area and that's what caused the eyelid ptosis. And the first time that she did it, she went under your eyebrow. The, so she went under the second appointment when my eyebrows were uneven. Okay. So your eyelid wasn't drooping at the first one. You were just noticing right. a difference in your eyebrow. Correct. Okay. That's yes. the part that I missed. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. So here, pretty much the PSA is if you're getting Botox and they go underneath <laughs> your eyebrow, <laughs> tell them to stop. <laughs> exactly. Like do not inject there. <laughs> Wow. So, you know, did you find that hearing from so many people and helping other people kind of go through the same thing helped your experience? Like at least knowing like, wow, I'm helping others. And I, you know, cause I know when I'm, when I'm struggling with something or when something happens, as long as I kind of like put, put my best foot forward and like have those open, vulnerable conversation, it like makes the time go by faster and yeah. you feel like there's a purpose for it all. And Definitely. It was, I think just talking to other people about it and a, a lot of people could relate, maybe not necessarily to the eyelid drooping, but to other things, you know, people have had problems with getting their lips injected or areas around their mouth where the Botox really relaxes that muscle and they can't smile. So maybe not the exact situation that I was in, but something similar where we could at least talk about it and commiserate and you felt like you weren't alone with it. So that really helped me to kind of get through it was talking with other people was the support I received that, you know, a lot of people, even though they get Botox too, they were very supportive and they weren't, you know, there were the people that weren't supportive, but I think that so many women do get Botox and they now understand that this is a risk and they were appreciative of me sharing about it. Yeah. Cause I think if you go in to do something, if you know the risk and it's still that important to you and you want to do it and it's going to make you feel better. And it's something that you're confident in that decision. That's one thing. But if you're going in and you really don't know, and it's in the fine print of the 64 papers that you sign <laughs> before getting Botox, <laughs> then it can for sure happen. Um, yeah. So how do people find you? Because I, I know that after hearing this, they're going to have so many more questions from you. And, you know, I want them to be able to see the videos. I want, you know, yeah. everybody to have that support if they are going through it as well. Yeah, definitely. So you can find me on Instagram. It's at something witty and it's W-H-I-T-T-Y. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. And I appreciate you sharing your experience. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was great chatting with you. (laughs) Same. All right, guys, we're going to take a little break and we get back. We'll have Janet Kramer on talking all things Tata's. If you want to relive the feels on Grey's Anatomy, Hulu is here for you. But what are you waiting for? Let's go. Every episode of Grey's Anatomy is now streaming on Hulu. Seriously. Every. I'm your person. Every. Now we dance it out. Every. McDreamy. Every. McSteamy. Every. Grey's Ever. Now streaming on Hulu. And new episodes Friday. I can't even begin to tell you how much I love Cozy Earth. Ever since I have bought Cozy Earth bedding, I get a better night's sleep. Cozy Earth bedding is temperature regulated, which is a game changer. I love how soft and comfy their pajamas are. I have told all my friends to buy a pair. Cozy Earth loungewear and pajamas offers optimal comfort while maintaining a flattering, elegant fit. Cozy Earth products are made from the best materials, including viscose from bamboo. All products come with a 100-night sleep trial and a 10-year warranty. Save up to 35% on Cozy Earth loungewear, pajamas, bedding, bath towels, and more. Fall in love with everyday luxury at Cozy Earth. Go to CozyEarth.com and enter our promo code TEDDY at checkout for up to 35% off. That's CozyEarth.com, promo code TEDDY. Staying consistent is hard, but it's important if you want to see results. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies right now. And they're one of the only brands that are committed to your health. They only use the cleanest and purest ingredients in their formulas. No seed oils, no preservatives or toxins. They source the best ingredients from all around the world. And I've loved every supplement I've tried so far. Let me walk you through my morning routine. I wake up, make my coffee, and then make sure to fill my water with Symbiotica Pure Hydration before my early morning workout. I started my wellness journey with Symbiotica because I was tired of having no energy and I wanted better gut health. I love Symbiotica's probiotics and I know you will too. Their supplements are super easy to take on the go and travel with. Having supplements that don't taste like chalk or artificial ingredients makes me look forward to taking it every day. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every month. You don't have to worry about running out. You can also modify or freeze your subscription whenever you want. Ready to fill the results? Head over to symbiotica.com and use code POD for 15% off your subscription order. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Diva Darce. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because... Even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. All right. 
tonight, we are bringing Jana Kramer on. You can listen to Jana's podcast, Wind Down, wherever you get podcasts. Also, she has an awesome movie out on Lifetime called Soccer Mom Madam. Highly recommend. And after listening to us chat, if you want to go down the rabbit hole on who did her boobs and all of the information, you can find out more information on it on N-A-T-R-E-L-L-E.com. Hi, buddy. How are you, babe? Good. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So you're in California this week. I'm in California. Yep. I have some work stuff I have to do. So um, yeah, I, I, I forgot how much I love California. It's just the weather is so nice. Although it's very hot today. <laughs> it's so hot. I'm in the Valley and it is like over a hundred degrees already. <laughs> yeah. Same. I'm like, wait a minute. My Nashville, like this humidity is like, it's like, you can just feel it. Like it feels like Nashville. So I'm like, all right, I got a little pizza home with me here. Yep. How are yep. you? I'm good. I, uh, yeah, I I'm, I'm doing as good as can be inspected. You know, I'm happy life is opening up over here now. Like we can go out, do things without masks, like feeling yeah. good, feeling good. good. All right. Let's yeah, get into tits. Yeah, <laughs> let's please, let's please talk about it. Okay. So Jana, like myself, I had my boobs done after I had my son cruise and mm-hmm. it's something I had thought about for a long time, but I also was in like a really tough place in my life, like in a really low place when I decided to get them done. And I remember being the, you know, the recovery being hard, but I also now know years later, like how much I love them. Yes. And so going into it, how, you know, how are you feeling? What made you finally like make the plunge? For sure. So I, like a few years ago, um, I wanted to get them, but I think I didn't want to get them for myself. Like it was one of those things where I kind of think I, I, or I know that I was more self-conscious of my body and, you know, just how your boobs change when you have kids. Um, it's one of those things where I was just super self-conscious about, and, you know, I wanted to feel sexier, but again, I think I was doing it. If I would have done it then I would have probably gotten bigger than I wanted to. Like it wouldn't have been like for what I wanted. So I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm so glad that I waited because I waited when it was the right time for me. And it just, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, like, and it's so hard because like in this day and age, like we, you know, we want to be proud of our bodies. And I think you can be both. I think you can be proud of your body, but I think you can also want to change things as well. And I think there's no shame in that. And I think you can love your body regardless. And for me, I was like, you know what? I don't like the way that this looks. I don't, it didn't go back to normal. Like my, like, this is like TMI, but like my areolas, I was like, Oh my God, they stretched so much when I was pregnant. They didn't go back down. So it was just like, I just had like this big old knuckle basically. And I'm like, and then like, you know, saggy boobs. So I was like, you know what? Like I, what do, what does Jana want? And I was like, okay, I want a small, but yet, you know, full size. And I want reconstruction of the nipple. And like, it was, and now like, I'm like constantly like, People like, and I never understood it. Like when people got boobs, they're like, you want to see my boobs? And I was like, uh, sure. But now I'm like, you want to see my boobs? Like I go around, you want to see them? You want to see my boobs? Like, cause I just, I love them. Like I'm, and, and I, and I'm so happy that I made the decision for myself and that I didn't listen to other people being like, oh, you should love your body the way you should. Yes. I 1000% agree with you, but I also think it's okay to change and do things that can make you a little more confident or make you feel better in your own skin. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, while I'm going to ask you how you ended up picking your surgeon and whatnot, but like when I picked mine, I remember loving her because I was like asking her, I'm like, listen, I I'm athletic. I don't want to have like big old knockers. Like I just want them. I want to be able to not have to wear a bra. And she was like, I like, I want to be able to wear like a cute tank top and just be all right. And she's like, looked at me and she's like, all right, you know, this is the CCs we think she goes, but I'm going to need to cut, like, I'm going to need to do nipple reconstruction on you. I never even knew that was a thing. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, I mean, you want me to be blunt? I'm like, yes. She's like, they're like pencil erasers. They're so long. And I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My, my doctor was like with my like variolas or whatever. He was like, it looks like you've got like two large salamis on your, I was like, okay. Like, okay. We didn't have to be like mean. you're like, okay. And then I was, but now it's like, so I was like, wow, so many other things changed other than just the fact that like, yeah, I don't have to wear a bra, but also I like don't have constant, like hard nipples that I'm like having to wear padded bras and do all of these things. So like for me, it had multiple benefits, but how did you pick your surgeon? So I had met with a few surgeons, um, in Los Angeles before I had moved to Nashville and I, I kept saying to the doctors, like, no, like I want, I want them to be small. And they're like, no, no, no. Like you're going to want to go bigger. You should get at least three, three thirty um, CCs. I'm like, no, like, I, I don't like how that looks. And because they did like the 3d thing. I was like, I, I would prefer that the smaller ones, but I felt like he kept like wanting to push me. He's like, every girl who's out of surgery and says they wish they were bigger. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not that person. Like I want them again, like you, like, I'm like, I like to run. I like, I'm very athletic. Like I don't, I don't want to be, you know, like dealing with jugs as well. So um, when I met with my Dr. Unger in Nashville, he was just like, he got me. He's like, you want cute, perky, you know, like just nice, rounded, fits your body. So much so that I trusted him that on day of surgery, I was like, hey, if you want to go bigger, like I trust you. If you think it fits my body, I trust you. And so he tried, like he put in like these, um, like different size implants and he's like, it just didn't look good on your body. So I ended up, he ended up taking some fat out of my right boob. Cause my right boob is always going to be bigger, but he put 260 in my right boob and 280 in my left. And I, I just, again, I, I totally trusted him and he just made me feel really comfortable. And, uh, you know, a lot of, I got so many comments about like BII and, you know, why would I do this? And I'm putting, you know, toxic stuff into my body, but he just calmed my nerves about all of it. And, I will be honest with you. When I looked at the BII stuff, I was like, I don't even have boobs and I have all the symptoms. So I, I know like, I've had to mute some people because they talk about it so much that yeah. I'm like, Oh, I do. You know what? I am tired. You know what? I am depressed. <laughs> I do have anxiety. I am very tired and I have confusion sometimes. And I'm not, I'm not knocking people that have it. And I, I have, I have empathy for people that do go through it, but I don't think that's everyone's experience. And I don't think they should push that on everyone that it's going to happen to us. Yeah. To, to every, to each his own. And you have to do what kind of like makes you feel the best. I, but a lot of people don't know about like that fan fat transfer part. Like I remember I ended up getting like 210 cc's. They also told us like, do you want it to be under the muscle? Do you want it to be like, I forget the shapes, but they ask you like different shapes. Like, do you want it to be rounded at the top or do you want it more? I wanted wanted more of like, I didn't want a big right here. I just wanted it like a low profile. Yeah. Low profile. So, So I did that, but then they're like, okay, so we found a spot that will take the fat from if we need to like give you more volume. And I remember the first, they said they were gonna like, take it like in between my thighs or something like that. And I mm-hmm. remember the first thing I woke up from anesthesia was like, 
did you take the fat from the inner thighs? <laughs> and she goes, no, we didn't need it. And I was like, shucks. I know. I know. And a, and a part of me, like one of my girlfriends was doing the mommy like makeover with some lipo. And I honestly, for a few minutes debated it. Cause I was like, I've always like had, even as a kid, I've always had like a little like tummy pat pooch. And I've no matter like what I do, drink, run, like it's kind of always there. So I was like, man, that'd be kind of nice. But he did tell me that it hurts really bad. And I was like, I don't want to be in pain everywhere. So, um, and I ended up just being like, you know what? I, I like my little mommy pooch. I'm cool with it. But yeah. I didn't, you know, I don't knock anyone that does the mommy makeover because I have a friend that did it and she loves banging. So I'm kind yeah. of like, oh, shoot. <laughs> There's always time if we end up later wanting yeah. to do it. What was the recovery like with kids? So I was worried about that because they say for six weeks, you can't lift anything more than 10 pounds. And my son, Jace is two. And so he still requires, you know, to lift, he's still in a crib. So lift in and out of a crib. Um, at the time, my, my ex, um, he cut the crib where we can open it like a, so he could just like kind of walk in there. So yeah. that was the only part that was kind of a bummer. Cause there was times when Jace was like up, up. And I was like, no, mommy boo-boos remember like mommy can't pick you up, but it went by really fast. And I'm going to be honest with you. The first three days. I called my doctor and I was like, this tight feeling on my chest, this heaviness, I don't like, like, is that going to go away? Because I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Like it's, it's causing me anxiety because I, I do suffer with anxiety. So that feeling like I couldn't breathe or it was super tight. I didn't like that. It felt like I had like dumbbells on my chest, but yeah. then I took the, I took the, um, the medicine, I think it was Percocets. I took those for two days and then I moved to Advil and honestly, the pain was really minimal. The only thing that bothered me was just the tightness in the chest. And I think that lasted for six days. So I just was like high on volume for like a week and it was great. So. <laughs> well, that for me, the hardest part was, you know, my kids were younger too, but it was trying to sleep. I'm a stomach sleeper in general. Same. And Same. I would wake up in the middle of the night laying on my stomach and like pain. I'm like, why did my body let me roll over onto this pain? Like, why did I yeah. do this? And I also was scared to take the medication for more than like two days because you know how like highly addictive it can be. So I was like on to Advil, but I would wake up in the middle of the night. Like, why, why am I in this position? Like I have to get yeah. back onto my back. And that was, that was a really, that was probably the hardest for me because the same, like I'm a stomach sleeper. I starfish like on my stomach and to sleep on my back was just so uncomfortable. But yeah, once I hit like the four or five weeks, I was kind of able to go like a little bit on my side and now I'm back to stomach sleeping and I'm 10 weeks post surgery. So, um, and I feel good. Like, honestly, it, it's not, I didn't think it was bad at all. And, but I mean, I've had C-sections and a few other stomach surgeries, like with my appendix and gallbladder. So I feel like it's not that painful in my experience. Yeah. Well, they look amazing. And in closing, because I know you got to go, um, do you have any regrets? Or are you thrilled you did it? I have zero, 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 zero regrets. Um, I'm happy with the size. I, again, like I trusted my surgeon. I have, I'm I, honestly, my only regret is that I didn't do it sooner. <sighs> yeah. I That's know. my only regret. It happens. Well, thank you so much for sharing yeah. your experience. And of course, uh, I love you. Love you too. I hope to see you soon. Okay. Yes, please. Bye. Okay, bye, honey. If you want to relive the feels on Grey's Anatomy, Hulu is here for you. But what are you waiting for? Let's go. Every episode of Grey's Anatomy is now streaming on Hulu. Seriously. Every. I'm your person. Every. Now we dance it out. Every. McDreamy. Every. McSteamy. Every. Grace ever. 
Now streaming on Hulu. And new episodes Friday. Staying consistent is hard, but it's important if you want to see results. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies right now. And they're one of the only brands that are committed to your health. They only use the cleanest and purest ingredients in their formulas. No seed oils, no preservatives or toxins. They source the best ingredients from all around the world. And I've loved every supplement I've tried so far. Let me walk you through my morning routine. I wake up, make my coffee, and then make sure to fill my water with Symbiotica Pure Hydration before my early morning workout. I started my wellness journey with Symbiotica because I was tired of having no energy and I wanted better gut health. I love Symbiotica's probiotics and I know you will too. Their supplements are super easy to take on the go and travel with. Having supplements that don't taste like chalk or artificial ingredients makes me look forward to taking it every day. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every month. You don't have to worry about running out. You can also modify or freeze your subscription whenever you want. Ready to fill the results? Head over to symbiotica.com and use code POD for 15% off your subscription order. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Diva Darius. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. High school queens. We'll take you for a ride in our comic girl. Drama girl. Cheering for the right team. Drama queens, drama queens. Smart girl, rough girl, fashion but you're tough girl. You could sit with us, girl. Drama queens, drama queens, drama queens. Drama, drama queens, drama queens. Hey, this is Bethany Joy Lenz. And Sophia Bush. And Hillary Burton. And we have a podcast called Drama, drama Queens. queens. 
I feel like it's a walk down memory lane that also might be a little bit of a stumble down memory lane. I mean, we'll have cocktails sometimes, so we might leave stumbling. Mm -hmm. I'm good with that. There are no fans like One Tree Hill fans. There is no family like our family. So we got together to do a rewatch podcast to relive the show as so many of you have so many times, because to be honest, we haven't. Yeah, we haven't seen it since 2002, 2003. We can't wait to take this trip down memory lane with all of you. What would our characters be doing right now? I think Haley would probably be, uh, I mean, she's got to be close to an empty nester now, right? Like um, Jamie's out of the house. Is she getting wild? She might, she might be finally ready to live out those wild years that she cut loose, uh, baby. You know what I mean? (laughs) I think it might be time. I'm going to say a lot of therapy. (laughs) Peyton Sawyer is in so much therapy right now. Well, not long ago, I found my vote Brooke Davis for president pin. I don't know. Is Brooke Davis a senator or something? Like a hundred percent. (laughs) Yeah, you could totally go for that. There's so much cool stuff to imagine for them. But before we can go forward, we got to go back to the beginning. You nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you all listen to Drama Queens on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a review. You can also follow us on Instagram at dramaqueensoth. Or email us at dramaqueens at iheartradio.com. See you next time. We're all about that high school drama girl, drama girl, all about them high school queens. We'll take you for a ride in our comic girl, drama girl, cheering for the right team. Drama queens, drama queens, smart girl, rough girl, fashion but you're tough girl, you could sit with us girl. Drama queens, drama queens, drama queens, drama, drama queens, drama queens. All right, and now we're going to bring on our final guest, Dr. Kelly Colleen. She is one of the new breakout star doctors on Dr. 90210 on E, so make sure you tune in, not to mention an incredible surgeon. So we are going to ask all of the listener questions. Sorry, I'm just throwing them at you because we're short on time and I need all of your info. Perfect, I got it. We're going to start with Botox fillers. These are all from like listeners of Teapod that they submitted. So how old should I slash can I start? I mean, it honestly just depends on what's going on with your face. I have done Botox on people as young as their mid-teens. And so if you have what's called a righted at rest or a wrinkle at rest, that's there even when you're not using your muscle, there is nothing wrong about starting Botox early. I'm not a big fan of extensive Botox. If there's nothing going on in your face, like don't, don't waste your money. But if you've got an actual problem, go for it, sister. And people always say, oh, if you get Botox earlier, it's preventative later. Is that true? It can absolutely be true. If you're someone who's very active, like I'm so active in my forehead. I just, that's how I emote when I talk. So starting Botox in your mid, late 20s is a great idea if you're someone where you can see it where it's going to go long term. If you're not super active in an area, do not waste your money. If you're a big smiler and around your eyes, you can already see those wrinkles forming in your mid, late 20s, go for it. You could potentially prevent something that was permanent. Speaking of prevention, does getting Botox help people with TMJ and migraines? Like, do you believe in that? Absolutely. And it's well documented to work in both things. The key is is seeing a skilled practitioner that places it properly. If you're going to your neighborhood med spa and they're not really doing the right evaluation and placement, you're, you're, you're just wasting your money. Go to someone who knows what they're doing. So would you recommend always to go to an actual doctor to get Botox? 
I don't think you necessarily need to. I think you just need to be, understand what you're doing when you go to a med spa without good supervision. People are going to sell you what they have and not necessarily what you need or what you should have. And so if you're going someplace that just has a hammer, everything looks like a nail to them. And d- does Botox actually help with hooded eyelids? You know, it can a little bit, but not a lot. You can get some mild elevation of the eyebrow when it's placed properly. You can get some major elevation of the eyebrow when it's placed poorly. So I would argue that if you have a hooded eyelid, you have a droopy eyelid, solve the problem by having the surgery. Don't do weird things to your eyebrows. You're going to regret it. (laughs) That's true. I've seen that. Um, And would you say that there's a big difference between Dysport and Botox? They're pretty equivalent in my mind, but you're going to find people that like one or the other more. I like Dysport more. I'm a Dysport girl. Don't kill me, Allergan. I love you guys too. But <laughs> it's just for whatever reason, I like the way it feels and looks on me more. I say use whatever you can afford. They're all pretty equivalent. And what would you say, what would you say is similar in regards to pain as Botox? Because people are like, does Botox hurt? Does filler hurt? I personally think filler hurts a lot more than Botox. Totally agree. Filler is a hundred times worse in my mind. Botox is kind of like, I I think it's the equivalent of plucking an eyebrow hair. Each poke feels about that level of pain to me. Right. And then what would you say if somebody had a choice to either get like laser resurfacing or some different type of laser or like start doing Botox and filler, or do you think they're two totally separate things? totally separate thing. So laser resurfacing, it's going to improve your overall skin quality and texture. Botox minimize wrinkles that come from moving muscles and filler is going to add back volume. Again, make sure you know whoever you're going to see knows how to do all of these things because they're always going to do the same thing if that's the only thing they have to sell and it doesn't solve the right problem. So how do you think that people can actually be sure that they're going to a good place and that that person is reputable and is able to do a good job for them? Well, I mean, I think in general, I think the absolute best Botox filler laser management is done by plastic surgeons and dermatologists because we know it all and we have access to it all. I think if you go someplace that has a plastic surgeon or a dermatologist that work there and not only just your medical director, but physically present several times during the week, you have that backup and you have that knowledge to make really good decisions. So you don't waste your money. I mean, your money is valuable. Put it where it's going to actually fix what you want it to fix. And I know that filler can be dissolved. Can Botox be dissolved? So unfortunately, no. So if Botox is placed poorly, you're stuck with it for a couple weeks to a couple months, depending on what the complication is. Um, that's what people love and hate about Botox. If you know, if you love it, it's also gone in a few weeks to a month. Right. It just depends on how your body metabolizes, metabolizes Absolutely. it, right? Mm-hmm. And then how come, <laughs> this question was a lot, but how come some people that get filler start to look, kind of all look the same, almost like, cat ladies, like what, what's happening there and how do you avoid that occurring to you? That happens from poorly placed filler. End of story. People that look like that have too much place in the wrong places. So often what happens is people see their faces coming down and they're told if you put lots of it up here, your face moves up. And that's certainly the case, but you don't look human. You start looking like a very pretty alien and it's a bad look. 
And once you start getting Botox, is it a must to continue or could you get it and be like, oh, I like it? Or does it do you a disservice to not get it that next time? Are you going to start developing those wrinkles again and make bigger lines? Or what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it really depends on what you're treating. If you have some wrinkles you don't like and you want to soften them, you have to do it consistently because every time it wears off, that muscle pulls on that skin and forms the wrinkle again. And it's not going to get softer with time. If you do it consistently, the wrinkle gets softer and softer and softer and sometimes even completely goes away if you do it consistently for a year or two. If you're doing preventative Botox and you don't really have a defined wrinkle, you're not really doing anything bad by skipping you know, every couple months and then coming back once or twice twice a year. Right. All right. And we're moving on to boobs. We're moving on to boobs. Breast augmentation. And this, I actually need to know, even though somebody in your office, Dr. Lisa Casella, who I love, did my boobs. I don't think I paid attention to when she told me, is it true that you need to have your boobs touched up or redone every 10 years? It's absolutely true. Once you have a silicone breast implant, they are a you know device that has to be changed. They're not meant to be there for life. The reason why is because they're soft and they have wrinkles in them, even if you can't see them through the skin. And that wrinkle rubs, rubs, rubs for years and it creates a weak point that ruptures. Once silicone implants rupture, they're, they're just very problematic and cause all kinds of complications. And so we need to get in there switch them out before they have the chance to cause problems. So once you have an implant, it's like any type of health maintenance. It's like a colonoscopy. Every 10 to 15 years, you're going to come in, have a small procedure, suck it up and do it. It's the right thing to do to stay stay healthy and safe and preserve your beautiful breasts long-term. And is this procedure the same type of recovery as the first time you get your boobs done or is it easier or is it more simple? Yeah, it's much easier for most patients because you've already had the pocket created. So if your breasts look great going into that procedure, it's going to be a really no big deal thing. You'll be back to normal much quicker than the original surgery. If you've had problems though, it might be just as long or longer, but most women, it's just a simple in and out, switch the implant to a newer version. And every couple of years we get a newer, stronger, sturdy, version, hopefully we'll get more than 10 to 15 years out of these implants in the future. Oh, that's great. And then for people that, you know, went, went bigger with like, you know, I feel like the style was bigger, you know, a little (laughs) while ago, and now they want to have smaller boobs, but they still want the same perky. Do they then need a lift or how does that happen? Or will your boobs just adjust to having a smaller size? You know, it's a, it can be either one. It really depends on your personal skin and then also how droopy your breasts are at a baseline. So many women can downsize with no lift and the skin and tissue will shrink up over six months or so and it will look beautiful and they don't require the extra scars. Some women, they just, their skin is too loose. Their skin quality is not great because of sunbathing or smoking and they really need to have a lift to tighten the skin around that smaller implant. I will tell you, nobody wants to have a lift when they come into my office, but I've never had a patient come back and say, man, I wish I didn't do that lift. Right. I think the trade is so, so good. It's like, it gives you that beautiful perky shape that you've been missing. And what if in five years from now, I said, you know what? I want my implants out, but I still want, you know, to feel confident with my boobs and blah, blah, blah. If I took the implant out and I got a lift, would I have a similar type of result? Yeah. So, I mean, an implanted breast never looks like a natural breast. It just tends to look more round and has volume higher where a natural breast 
not. I personally think natural breasts are beautiful. I think women look amazing when their implants come out. You often need to do a little bit of work though. You can't just pull it out. The muscle needs to be repaired or it starts doing weird things. You need sometimes fat grafting to repair some of the thinning and stretching that the implant caused. And then plus or minus a lift, depending on how large your implants are and your tissue quality. Um, I think women look great with their implants out. I know many women are told you're going to look terrible. You have to have them forever. That is just not the case. Oh, that's good. That Well, that's exciting. And then uh, what is the average cost of getting your like breast augmentation and a lift? So it's really going to depend on where you live because it's very regionally dependent. But I would say probably an average would be anywhere from fifteen dollars to $30,000 for those two procedures from a board-certified plastic surgeon. And remember, you want a board-certified plastic surgeon who is board-certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery. Okay, guys. So make sure you check that part. How common is breast implant illness? And what are your thoughts on that? So the truth is we really don't know. There's never been great studies on it. You know, all we have is the studies that look at kind of general happiness with your implants. And in general, a vast majority of women, upwards of 90% for both cosmetic and reconstructive patients like their implants at 10 years. Breast implant illness is a real thing. There's some women that just don't play well with implants, and we're not exactly sure who those women are. There's some active studies going on right now. There's one that will hopefully come out near the end of the summer where some of my brilliant colleagues have looked at the proper treatment of breast implant illness and what surgeries, when you remove the implant, are the right way to go. Um, they're a very vocal, active crowd online, and so I know a lot of the information is scary to patients. I always try to remind people that they're a wonderful support group, but they only see themselves. They only see other women that have problems. And so they start to believe that everybody with implants has problems. And that's just not, not reality. Um, implants can certainly cause issues, but most women are happy. I have breast implants. I love them. Um, I continue to uh, be happy with them and I've had them for 20 years now. So I think you just have to have these discussions with your doctor, but it, um, the reality is it's a real thing and it's a real complication and potential risk. And your doctor should talk to you about it if you're having an implant placed. And how do you know if somebody comes in and like maybe plastic surgery isn't the best thing for them mentally or physically, whatever it may be, like, what are some of the signs you look for? I mean, I remember when I first came into your offices and Dr. Caselleth looked at me and I was looking to get my boobs done. And this is before, you know, I, I kind of went all in and changed my life and all of these things. And then I was telling her, I also wanted to get a tummy tuck. And I remember this, like it was yesterday because she looked at me and she's like, I will 1 million percent do your boobs. I'm not doing a tummy tuck on you. This is something you can do on your own. You, you know, you don't need it. Like, and I just appre appreciated her honesty. And it also made me go, wow, like, I, you know, somebody that didn't want to take my money, that's huge. <laughs> like, and it like made, it made me feel empowered that I could make some changes and get myself to a place where I was feeling better. And then she goes, listen, if you make these changes and you come back in six months and you still want a tummy tuck, we'll talk about it. But how often will surgeons really give it to you like that? I mean, unfortunately, in my experience, not as often as they should, you know, I, 
I think the best person in your corner is a surgeon that's going to be honest with you. And I think that's true of anything in life. Everybody should surround themselves by friends and family that tell you the truth. Um, unfortunately, with plastic surgery, if you have a credit card and wave it around, someone's going to take it. So you just have to be very careful who you choose. The things that I find to be warning signs are when women don't know what they want. They're just unhappy and want something done. And they come in and they're like, tell me what I need. Uh, nobody needs anything. And so I don't, that's a patient where I just say, Hey, I, th I think you need to kind of reevaluate why you came into my office. Um, I also don't love when patients come in and they're doing it for someone. They're saying, my husband thinks I need bigger boobs. My husband makes fun of this. My boyfriend, my wife, my girlfriend, and they're, they never talk about what bothers them. They're bothered by another person being bothered. And I think that's a warning sign. Um, I also think the people that are trying to take a nine to a 10 on the scale of, of perfection are probably, <laughs> right. I think that, um, I, I really hate that people don't appreciate and love the bodies that they're in. And I think that's why I love all in. And I followed you for a long time. I've known you oh, for a long time, you. but I love, I, I think the focus really should be on fixing things that aren't fixable with a healthy lifestyle. And, you know, the skin that stretches out from uh, having babies, that's, that's not fixable with diet and exercise. You know, if you have an abnormal area of lipodystrophy, like saddlebags, you are healthy weight and you do everything right, but you have a funny area of fat. Those are wonderful things to fix with plastic surgery. And I'm supportive of that. But I really think we need to start focusing on loving our bodies and what our bodies do for us and stop finding fault with every inch of a woman's body and, and trying to chase this impossible perfection that just doesn't really exist in real life. I mean, you know, you've been around celebrities more than me. They don't look like what they look like. On yeah. It, I mean, it's real, right. It, it's a filtered version. And it's something that people say to me often is I can't believe, you know, like, you know, you lost all this weight, you lost, you know, 80 to hundred pounds, like what's happening with all the loose skin. And I, I don't see any. And I'm like, listen, one, there's different angles that show different situations. I have loose skin. If I, I wear a lot of high-waisted shorts and like, or high-waisted workout pants. And when I pull it down, there's loose skin at the bottom, but that's one of those things that like, I am, I embrace it. I'm like, listen, this is who I am. I carried, you know, three babies in this belly. I, you know, fluctuated weight my entire life. I'm happy that I got to a place where I am consistently taking care of myself, where I didn't feel that way when it came to my boobs. Like I was like, oh my God, you know, like I just wanted that change. But a lot of people do ask, I want to be able to get rid of the loose skin. So how do they do that? Yeah, I mean, you know, loose skin, it, it really depends on the degree of laxity. If it's a little bit loose, there's wonderful skin tightening machines that can tighten your skin up to about 20%. They do need to be done every 18 months to two years because you lose the effect. And then if you have more than 20% tightening that you need, then you really need to have some kind of tightening procedure like a tummy tuck or a thigh lift or an arm lift. But some of these surgeries have big, obvious scars that are pathognomonic for the surgery you had done. And so unless you have a lot of laxity, I encourage people to just embrace their beautiful bodies and not get a scar where everyone stares at you and says, hey, I know what surgery you had done. Right. Um, I, I don't think those surgeries are the right move for someone who doesn't have a huge amount of skin. And remember, every tightening procedure is a trade. You're trading that loose skin for a big scar. And so yeah. you have to decide, is that trade worth it? Are you trading up? 
are you going to be trading down? And a lot of women I see are trading down. They look amazing. They just have a little bit of laxity. Yeah. There's no reason to do that to their body. Um, it's funny I, I, what you just said. I, I know you're a fellow Pelotoner. I'm slightly obsessed with it myself. Oh, love. Kristen, Kristen McGee, who I'm obsessed with, um, she's adorable as are her boys. She had a post about this last week with her strong yoga body and she showed her loose stomach from having her beautiful boys. And I loved it. It made me feel so good because I'm like, even this strong, badass woman has some looseness and it's okay. And she's not running to have something done to it. She's okay with it. And I love that. Yeah. I think, you know, I mean, to each his own and you figure out, you know, what it is that you want to, you know, that you want to change what you can work on and what you can live with. And for me personally, I can live with the fact going, you know what, listen, I'm taking care of me. I'm, I'm doing the right steps. And if, you know, further down the line, something changes and I want to try something or try laser, try, I'm going to try it and I'm going to be open and vulnerable with it because I think it is, you know, I think that some people keep what they've done to themselves, like really close to the cuff, you know, and, and it's their response, you know, their option if they want to share. But I think when it, when it does come to things, I wouldn't ever want to be like, Oh no, I never got my boobs done. They're just, yeah. <laughs> of course they look like this after breastfeeding, you know, <laughs> whatever it may be. So I think, you know, it is, it is great that people are starting to open up more and talk about it. And then in closing, what is the biggest red flag you can tell people that are going into a surgeon's office that like this surgeon isn't for you. You're about to make a mistake with this person. So I think there's two or three things that I, I tell all my patients. The first most important thing, I'm, as you know, I'm, I'm primarily a revision surgeon. I'm a fixer of people that are, feel like they didn't get what they wanted the first time around. The most common thing that leads to this is not having a good communication with the surgeon. If you feel like you're being talked to and not listened to, that is a big red flag. And I think the other thing is uh, not showing you befores and afters that are taken long-term, that are six months or more out. And then the last is the hard sell. I think if someone pushes you hard, tries to convince you not to see other consults, tries to make you pick a date on the day of your consultation, that is a warning sign. You should be able to take this information, gel, think about it, you know, ask questions in the future. You should never feel pressured into any surgical procedure. Wow. Such good advice. Thank you so much. Where do people find you so they can, you know, ask you more questions or come see you because honestly, everybody in their office is so incredible. They're so warm. They're so kind. And they're going to be honest and truthful with you, which for me is such a game changer. I don't want to feel like I'm being had and someone just trying to get my money. I want to know that like I can trust the people that I'm talking to. So how do they find you? Well, thank you. I love I love that you had a good experience with us. So I am at an office called Castle of Plastic Surgery. There's four plastic surgeons here. And you can find me on Instagram at KL Colleen. And I'm very responsive to DMs. So if you have questions or want me to help you set you in the right direction for finding someone locally to you as well, I'm happy to help. Oh, you're the best. Thank you so much and have a great day. Thanks, Teddy. Nice seeing you. <laughs> Bye. Guys, thanks for listening today to Teddy Teapot. I loved hearing the good, the bad, the ugly of plastic surgery, Botox, filler, the works. I also love sharing my personal stories with you and had so much fun with our guests. And I have to say a special thank you to Zuru. Summer just got crazy with color. Crazy bunch of balloons by Zuru are here to help unleash summer fun. My kids are obsessed, especially in the seat right now. It's super easy by simply attaching 
attaching the stem to a hose, you can fill and tie 100 water balloons in 60 seconds. And you know, when you're a busy mom, timing is everything. Bunch of balloons are now made from certified recycled plastic. Game changer. Our friends at Zuru Toys just sent us an amazing surprise unboxing experience to prepare us for the ultimate water fight. Jump into summer with an all-out water balloon fight or blast away with X-Shot fast-fill water blasters for the little ones. We have tons of bubble-blowing fun with Glove a Bubble. Visit Zuru.com to find out more about the hottest toys for summer. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to Teddy Teapot on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. If you want to relive the feels on Grey's Anatomy, Hulu is here for you. What are you waiting for? Let's go. Every episode of Grey's Anatomy is now streaming on Hulu. Seriously. Every. I'm your person. Every. Now we dance it out. Every. McDreamy. Every. McSteamy. Every. Grey's Ever. Now streaming on Hulu. And new episodes Friday. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com.